one. What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. This beer presented to you by NoelGameDay.com. We are here on a wonderful and rainy Thursday evening in Tallahassee. I don't know why my voice went from low to really high there with some different levels and decibels, but here to try to bring some excitement because we've got a lot of interesting stuff, some ups and some downs <laughs> to talk about on this podcast. This week, really excited for we got the whole crew, too, with me at the top is D. Lou, Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at NoelGaming.com. we got Nate Greer, lead recruiting insider at the bottom left, and then Austin VZ, our lead basketball writer, bottom right with the shoe boxes all around him in his closet. What is up? What is happening? Good evening, guys. <laughs> What's no, up? this show is not canceled. I know that we're four minutes late, but the show is not canceled. Yeah, have some patience. The world's over. You got to be patient for perfection. But like <laughs> you said, Logan, some real ups and downs. Um, Florida State recruiting definitely a roller coaster as of late. You know, one one day you're feeling high, and the next day you're feeling low. So, thanks. Oh, that was great. <laughs> and then today, Dalen Smothers commits to Oklahoma over Florida State. So. You're going back down, but hey, maybe next week you'll get some news that pops you right back up. <laughs> that was beautifully written there. I don't know if that was planned all well, day. Well, that wasn't written. You. That was said. So I feel great. You feel amazing, Nate? You feel great? Yeah, man. Everything's great this week? Nothing Nothing on your mind? Nothing? No, it's my, really kid's, bir- it's my kid's birthday waiting for see what the train's going to do. Um, kid's you know, birthday is on a podcast. Unreal. Yeah. You know, um yeah where's your kid right now you know she um she's playing she's drawing her little drawings yeah um what's she like to draw anime okay okay i could turn into a business she's actually pretty good at it i could turn Um, into a business um you know parks is decommitted so rip that band-aid off um yeah man you know feeling good my Miami's recruiting at, you know, an elite level, you know, Florida's whiffing. So feeling great. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll discuss about that, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get started before we get going with all the scoopage of what's going on, what has happened in the last week. Uh, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button, like we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google play, make sure you guys sub over there. I've been seeing a lot of uh, more views and listens right now. So appreciate y'all hopping on the live streams and hanging out with us every week. Let's get started. Number one topic of the week is going to be Chris Parson, Florida State's quarterback commit, now former of the 2023 class. Seems like this was just coming a little bit for a while. Once he canceled his journal with us at NoelGameMade.com, kind of felt like something was up here. You had dad and the spaces with FSU fans kind of riling them up. You know, you see tweets kind of left and right there. Chris Parson deletes and, you know, unfriends and gets rid of following everybody on the beat in Tallahassee, except for some, I'm, I'm still alive somehow in that boat, but absolutely wipes everyone wipes everyone on the beat. And so you start, and then also there's no contact there. He has a whole media blackout before his elite camp. Um, he has one interview then, and that practically wrapped up the last time I really got to have a chat with Chris until he went and competed at the elite 11. So gentlemen, it finally happened. Um, you know, we were close to that camp and, and that recruitment. Things kind of went sideways there. And, you know, everybody's kind of speculating what had to have been the situation that caused it. And I think it's pretty apparent and right in front of our faces 
Um, with the heavy interest now, Brock Glenn, another really talented quarterback that competed in the Elite 11, starting to the staff. And I think FSU starting to feel optimistic about landing him. Chris kind of felt that, and that seemed like the Parson family and him no longer want to be in that same quarterback room with Brock Glenn if that ends up being the case. But the staff was really communicative, Dustin. I mean, you had a close relationship with Parson, Parson family for a very long while. You know, what's going on here? I mean, I know it was a little bit expected, but it happened. It finally, finally happened. Yeah, like you said, it, um, it kind of felt like this was coming. Um, I would say before May, it never felt like this day was truly going to come. But Florida State, they made those offers to Brock Glenn and Ricky Collins in May. And, and ever since then, the tone behind Parson and the message coming from that camp has kind of kind of shifted. And, you know, he took those visits in June. Um came to Florida State at the end of the month, continued to reevaluate things. And, you know, over the weekend, I, I was hearing that those visits were just for fun, but clearly that wasn't the case. And this week there were some crystal balls put out for Brocklin to Florida State. So it kind of seems like that recruitment is trending towards the Seminoles. And in response, Parson decided to reopen his recruitment. So definitely a, a disappointing end to that recruitment. My feeling is that um, I had a couple of feelings, you know, mm-hmm. there were some, um, there was another outlet who, um, I guess, I, I don't know the full story. It's the secondhand information that has passed to me, but insinuating that Parson was looked at as a second quarterback in the class of two. Not really sure I buy that. Um, that sounds like, sour gapes to me um and you know maybe that's just their response to you know him shutting out the media and him not really liking that form in the first place um at the same time um i thought you know i said on here quite a few times i like the kid and how he could fit in college football he puts stress on the defense with his feet in his arm you know he stretched the field was a phenomenal deep ball. Um, mm-hmm. Really like him as, as a prospect, and Florida State did their diligence to keep him. Um, I knew it was over when he said on his visit, someone asked him, I think you were there, Dustin, about you know his status of his commitment, and he kind of smarmily said it, well, I'm here, aren't I? Um, just yeah. his, res- his <laughs> response was kind of like, you know, okay. Um, but you know, Florida State needs two quarterbacks, and um, I appreciate the coaching staff not letting a camp hold them hostage once again like they did with Sam Howell, um, and then they got burned. So while while Parson was wanted and, you know, he brings some attributes to a college program that, you know, you, you like a lot, um, so does Brock Glenn. Let's just keep it 100. Brock Glenn – is a good quarterback in his own right, and he fits the system just as much as Parson did. So um, I I question the mentality of not wanting to compete. Um, I know that some people think that it's the coach's job to sell that. It is that. That is their job. 
but you know, the want to compete is also ingrained in the person. Um, so I question that there. Um, I question a little bit of the reasons why he decided to let things go so sideways. And I think that's coming from his camp. Um, you know, Pops hopping on his spaces and having his little meltdown, I think was, you know, the end of it officially. But, you know, Pops isn't the one going to Florida State. The, the kid is. So um, I don't like how that played out. I think, you know, I'm not going to talk ill about it because we had a great relationship with him. But there's some things to not like on that side when it comes to the mental part of football that reminds me of DeAndre Francois. So we don't know how that worked out. Um, hopefully Florida State can get Brock Glenn locked in sooner rather than later. Um, but either way, we're moving on. I don't, I don't disagree. And, you know, there was a lot said. Uh, just pulled up a couple quotes from Parsons' time doing interviews and stuff. And, you know, you look back in the fall, September 20, 2021, Parsons says, I'm locked in on the Seminoles. I won't be going to any other schools to visit. I'm locked in on Florida State 100%. Um, you get to January, that's where we started the journal, same kind of thing. I won't be visiting any other schools throughout my senior year. I don't care what anyone's any what anyone on social media has to say about it. Um, and just progressing through the offseason, that was the same message. The offers go out in May. And, Nate, I was going to pull up that quote that you were talking about. Um, he said, I talked to the coaches, so we both understand what's going on. As long as we're good, that's all that matters. I'm here, so it must be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that was – a week later, he was at Mississippi State. A week after that, he was at SMU, and then he concluded it with that official visit to Florida State. Um, but, you know, obviously that message changed over time. And, and I think that you know, we've discussed it. I think that he didn't – maybe his camp didn't like the way that Florida State covered him. Um, again, that's just – yeah, I'm not understanding that part. You know, being yeah. a quarter, you know, being a quarterback, you know, at a high division one program, you're gonna get praise and, and you're gonna be the scapegoat. So well, it's I Twitter. Mean, it's Twitter also. <laughs> and but crazy it, it, FSU Twitter. But it, it was also a couple websites that you know apparently, you know, beat writers or whomever, you know, not everyone's gonna talk positive of you. You know, how are you going to persevere through that or how are you going to use that as as a way to, to push you? And, and, and that's why I challenge the, the mental part of it. Now, I'm not saying that he doesn't understand the game or anything like that. It's just me as someone that's covered this um, part of the college sport for a long time. You see kids like this that sometimes they just don't pan out. Yeah, and I mean, you, you've already had that instability at quarterback the last mm-hmm. couple of years. I mean, you know, we saw what happened with DeAndre Francois. You lost James Blackman. Things didn't go how you were expecting. With McKenzie Milton a year ago, mm-hmm. um, Chubba Purdy transferred out. So you're in a very precarious situation right now. And mm-hmm. if Jordan Travis decides to leave after the fall, you're sitting there with Tate Rodemaker, who hasn't showed a ton to this point, and a true freshman, A.J. Duffy. So mm-hmm. you, you've got to find a quarterback that's going to help stabilize this program moving into the future. And I think that's, that's what 
whatever. <laughs> That's Stay what Florida State is looking for. <laughs> they want to bring in two quarterbacks in his class. Yeah, that that message was clear from the beginning to Parson. Yes. and um, then you know whenever Florida State pulled that trigger and put those offers out, he uh, he kind of flip flopped on what he yeah, had said yeah, before. And- and that's the thing that I think maybe I, 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 as a fan, you know, bothers me the most is that, you know, the coaching staff was forthright with him the whole time. It's not something that they just threw on him at, you know, at the, at the last moment. Um, and I, I think they've done a great job building the trenches. You know, we talked about that a lot. Um, you know, they're trying to bring some skill in. Um, you know, they got to hit a home run with, with quarterback in this class. So, you know, they can't risk anything. So, if Par- you know, if, if it was Parson or whether it was vice versa, Glenn that was committed and they were offering Chris Parson, you know, either way it worked out. You know, Florida State's got to get a leader of the class, you know, signed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't lose. The staff did what they had to do. I mean, you can't. The kid, if he's going to decommit and doesn't want to come in with another quarterback in his class, and so be it. But Florida State, as a program, if you look at the quarterback room going into the season, I think that's one of, if not the thinnest room right next to tight end. I mean, that's a very Mm -hmm. scary situation Uh, if you lose Jordan Travis there. They've got to build that quarterback room. they got to build it with talent. they got to build it with guys that can actually start. And the ACC, I don't think Tate Rodemaker's a starter. Um, you know, definitely Duffy, you know, from the things that we saw in the spring, I didn't see really much growth on the Rodemaker side, like maybe some other outlets did. I mean, I kind of keep it straight up with you. I mean, it's just not to be the case, you know, Jordan Travis is levels ahead uh, of these guys. So Florida State's got to fix that quarterback room. So you got to bring in two quarterbacks. I like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Brock Lynn did an interview with Tallahassee Democrat with them and, you know, kind of said it in a quote, just to kind of sum it up saying, you know, I'm, I would love to come in and compete iron sharpens iron. And that's not really what we really heard a ton of Dustin from Chris really. I mean, it seems like if he got asked the question, then he would try to make it sound around that way, but it wasn't kind of straight up and clear kind of on, on Glenn's side. And both guys are extremely talented. You know, I think it's a, I think it's a loss for Florida state. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the mental thing like Nate is saying is definitely worrisome. Um, That is definitely a worried thing that I wouldn't want to have out of my quarterback, but the, the play on the field and the talent, the way that it could work in this offense, man. And he's got a cannon. uh, It definitely sucks in Florida state's favor. That's why you'd love that bring in too. Uh, Yeah. I'm sure that, you know, bringing in Parson and Glenn would have been, you know, you know, ideal. Yeah. It's going to be interesting where they go now. We talked about in our chat, man. You know, they, they, uh, the, the board's interesting. Not, you know, from moving forward, you know, quarterbacks are committed. Um, you know, do they still evaluate and pursue another, another high school kid? Or now does that turn into a portal because of, you know, your plan of wanting two high school quarterbacks is kind of messed up now? Yeah. Like you said, you're, Anyone you go after at this point, you're getting into it pretty late on. And, I mean, you were already late as is getting on an uncommitted guy in Brock Lynn, and you're battling pretty hard with Ohio State, Auburn, and LSU right there. And Ricky Collins, it seems like that offer came too late, and it's it's going to take something monumental to get him to flip from Purdue. So we'll see how it plays out 
during the fall. But outside of that, you know, there was some talk behind maybe Emory Williams. He's now committed to Miami. Marcus Stokes, another in-state quarterback, recently flipped his commitment from Penn State to Florida. Um, I'd be interested to see if Florida State maybe tries to kick the tires again on Avery Johnson. There, there was a little bit of buzz between him and Florida State last summer. Now, some of that connection was with Kenny Dillingham, but some was with Norvell as well. But again, that's a guy that recently made a commitment to in-state Kansas State. So anyone you go after at this point, it's going to be a battle to flip them unless you're going at an under-the-radar prospect that hasn't committed somewhere yet. But, you know, like you said, Nate, it would have been ideal to land Parson and Brock Lynn. Now you're going to be looking at some different options, and I expect that quarterback board to start expanding in the near future. Yeah, let's talk about really Brock Glenn uh, here. Uh, um, so, someone, that, say. someone asked uh, who who that was that I shared on Twitter. That was Kaysen Wiseman. Uh, you know, he, he's a three-star quarterback who I, I, I've liked quite a bit. Um, you know, I look at FSU go after him, but it's not it's not my uh, not my job. <laughs> mm, yeah. No, let's talk Brock Glenn a little bit too now. I mean, that seems like Florida State's got a good spot here. Um, you know, it was all depending, too, with Ohio State's <clears throat> quarterback room. You've always had Auburn there. But I think Florida State, Coach Tokars and Norvell and the whole offensive staff have really put themselves in a pretty good spot to land a really, really, once again, a talented quarterback to help make that fix from losing Chris Parson. Should we, should we see something happening in the near future? Because it seems like – Day by day, things just keep on trending in the right direction for Florida State to land another talented quarterback out of Tennessee. Yeah, so the message from Brock ever since his official visit to Florida State was he wanted to make a commitment in late June or in early July. And, you know, now we're getting to that mid-July point, so you're like, what's going on? And I, I think it's just it's become extremely tough for him to make these decisions. Um, I would say right now, Ohio State and Florida State are right there at the top of his, of his recruitment and LSU recently offered and they're trying to get him to hold off on making a decision before the dead period lifts back up to get him to Baton Rouge. Um, I traded some messages with Brock earlier in the week, actually yesterday, and he said that he's hoping to make a decision here in the next week or two. He's hopeful but not positive that that decision will come prior to the dead period and it, it's it's huge if he does make it before the dead period is lifted because that means it's probably going to be Florida State or Ohio State. If it's after that and he makes a visit to LSU, the Tigers could very well be trending in that recruitment. But obviously, Florida State, a lot of crystal balls coming their way as of late. So we'll see if the Seminoles can close out another recruitment and get a quarterback back on the board in the class of 23. Um, they got to land them, you know, after, after this whole deal with Chris Parson, man. You know, yeah, they have to. Um, wow. but, yeah, the, the the longer it goes, you know, the, I think the more worried you have to be. You know, th I think this is something that Florida State would like to get wrapped up here pretty soon. So, I mean, the longer for me, the longer it goes, the the, the less chances I look at FSU because then you you had the kid that is committed to all to Baylor. You know, I know that he's an option for Ohio State. Um, you know, like, like Dustin said, you have LSU coming in the picture. Um, the, 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 the longer this goes, the more options. So, you know, I'm sure Florida State's pushing as much as they possibly can to, to get this wrapped up. Mm -hmm. 
and Nate Logan, I'm guessing you're on this boat, but Chris Parson probably wouldn't have backed out of the class if he didn't get word that another quarterback would be hopping on board pretty soon. I was just about to tell you that Florida State staff was extremely yep. communicative, as we know, with Chris Parson, the family and everything. They told him multiple times how many quarterbacks they wanted, who they were going after, the top guys in the recruiting board, all that kind of stuff. They're very communicative. I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if they kind of gave him a little heads up there that they were expecting Brock Lynn to be a uh, commit to Florida State here soon. Wouldn't shock me. But hey, Hayes Fawcett gets another edit, another phenomenal looking <laughs> FSU edit. Good for him. I'm sure he was happy to oh, get absolutely. that one done for Chris. Mm-hmm. I, I remember Chris told me um, whenever he got his commitment edit done by Hayes and it got him, it got sent to him like after he made his commitment to Florida State. But I'm sure this time when he contacted him about a decommitment edit, he responded like within 30 oh, yeah. seconds. I was like, I'm going to get that done for you, buddy. Of course, he's he's a Miami fan, so he's got to keep that locked in, you know? Yeah, speaking of that, we have a few Miami fans here in the comments, too. But I did see it. Well, not that. Where is it? Where is the – there was a question regarding Miami and them. I hesitate. Pretty good run right now. Jaden Rashada, a a, uh, quality quarterback. Mm. Yeah, this is a question Uh, here. Florida is not out recruiting Florida State right now. Um, couple of those commitments, you know, Webb, for instance, um, you know, Florida State, um, pretty much declined to recruit him, and you know, Dustin can can back that up. Um, Florida State did not pursue him. Uh, Marcus Stokes was lower on the board. Uh, Florida State beat um, Florida for Kearney and Simmons, so I would I would not consider Florida recruiting very well right now. They're not going to land Komani McLean like they think they are. Um, their top targets are going to go elsewhere. Um, Miami, on the other hand, is recruiting well. Um, Mario has always been a great recruiter. Uh, let's see uh, how he can develop and how he can actually coach. And he's going to be a very interesting case study in the argument of, of Jimmy's and Joe's versus coaches. So. He's going to bring talent to Miami. Um, that's not a surprise. Um, but let's see how he can develop. You know, he did what he did at, at, at Oregon with, like I said last week or the week before, USC being a joke, UCLA being down, Stanford not being great, Washington being down. So let's see what he can do um, in terms of developing these players. So. Yeah, it's that's tough. Gonna, I mean, that's 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 going to be the, the the sign of Miami if they're back or not, not signing kids to a piece of paper. Yeah, we've said it a lot of times. You know, they're they're Miami and Florida. They're bringing in those new coaching staffs. They've got a little buzz behind them right now. And you look over at Florida State. Two years in, you've got eight total wins. So a lot of recruits mm-hmm. are sitting in wait and see mode with Florida State. You do have a couple where those relationships were just too much to pass up um, when you when you look at some of those guys that are committed um, to the Seminoles. And they do have some pretty high-profile commitments at this time, and that list is expected to continue to grow before the summer is over. So I do think we're seeing Florida State, they're beginning to trend back up on the recruiting trail. And if they come into the season, they have success out of the gate. You know, they win seven to nine games, make a bowl. You're suddenly looking pretty good, and I think you're getting that recruiting class back inside the top 20, which would be a good finish, um, all things considered. 
And with Miami and Florida, we're just going to see how it plays out on the field because they could they could be in the same boat as Florida State in a couple years, depending on how things go. Yeah, not a really tough schedule for them this upcoming year. If anybody's not. Well, really Miami. Ready. I know they'll be usually doesn't play a tough schedule. No, 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 whatsoever. They will face Jimbo, and Jimbo will most likely take care of business because he usually does mm-hmm. do that against Miami on a regular basis. Dustin, you, you didn't like my tweet about Florida State's class being 13th if uh, Baxter, Harris, and you know Parson and Pittman didn't decommit? Yeah, it's that's a uh, tough pill to swallow. But, I mean, it just shows you're only a couple commitments away Correct. from that's being right up there on the top in the country. Yeah. No. Now none of those guys that decommitted, you're gonna get back, but correct. Hopefully yeah, back- you have someone to replace them. Yep. So you know, it looks like Florida State's gonna get you know Singleton here um at some point. So that replaces Baxter, who I still you know I, I liked him. Um, I wouldn't say replace, but it's, it's a nice say, consolation prize. I, I'd say replace. Um and then, and then you have, uh, and then you have Florida State getting um, Falcon, Falcon uh, uh, Green at the end to make up for uh, Gabe Harris, who I like a lot. So. Yeah, let's let's talk about now some good news, some good yeah, stuff that good I news. think. Yeah, good news. Back to the good side of things. I always like doing the better thing last, but Florida State. Some really, really good news on Monday, and all of us on here uh, predicted uh, Florida State to land Lucas Simmons, one of the most talented. I think maybe the highest ceiling for talent kind of guy uh, at the tackle position that a lot of scouts are really high on with Lucas Simmons, uh, the Sweden kid, but down there in Clearwater now. Picks Florida State. Coach Atkins, once again, continues to deliver and deliver. Um at that offensive line position now bringing in these are these are potential starting kind of guys with i believe kearney you know kearney's going to be a starter for florida state i think he's gonna have a great career and then you look at lucas simmons now what they're building you got armella you've got other guys you brought in a handful if not double handful of guys in this in this class that we'll be watching here in a few weeks in fall camp but florida state really excited about the big time landing of Lucas Simmons, who was a big time target and coach Atkins, you got to give him the credit here of building that relationship early on, man. I mean, that, that kind of stuff as, as we see goes a really long way. And I believe that he didn't tell the staff either. Didn't tell any college until he made the announcement, which is pretty cool. Going back to some old school days, it felt good to actually have a little bit of excitement for a commitment there, but he puts on the Florida state hat. And, uh, yeah, UF doesn't get them, even with their two uh, offensive line coaches down there. Sucks to suck. Yeah, Atkins just keeps it going, man. A couple weeks ago, he landed a really talented guy in Roderick Kearney, who, from what Nate has told us, he's going to play at center. But, really, he can play from right tackle to guard to center. And then now you're going to pair him with um, a top 150 recruit. And Lucas Simmons, who's who's right right near 6'8", six, 6'7", six three quarters, already standing at right around 300 pounds or so, maybe, you know, a little bit less, a little bit more. And you look at his frame, he's still got more than more than enough space on that frame to add another 25, 30 pounds of good weight, which really makes him a, a prototypical left tackle going into the next couple of years. Um, a guy that recently 
started playing football. So you really got to think his best years are ahead of him. Um, he really just began to focus on the sport over the past year whenever he, he moved over to the United States to play at Clearwater Academy from Sweden and Florida State. We've mentioned it a ton of times on the podcast. They've been recruiting him. They made that offer when he still lived in Sweden, when he was getting off a train um, back home at Sweden. And Atkins developed that relationship ever since. Um, the closest that he has with any coach in his recruitment and that relationship is what led him to Florida State. His parents came on that final official visit in June and, and they fell in love with it as well. And, you know, Lucas, he's he's I don't think he's going to be a day one starter for Florida State, but this is a guy who has potential to, to be a three to four year starter in a five year career and then one day be a NFL draft pick. And like I said, his best football is ahead of him. And he really believes that Atkins is that guy to get him to the next level. Uh, yeah, I mean. Agree 100%. I think he's the best tackle that FSU has landed since Rojo. Um, and I think it's really that close. Um, yeah, I, I think FSU fans are going to have to be patient with him. You know, he, he's he's not a day one starter. Um, I do expect to see a very, I won't say huge, but ah, screw it. I won't say huge huge leap this year. You know, he's two years of playing football. I expect him to get even better this year. Um, and I think he'll climb the rankings, man, because of, you know, his footwork, um, how, how, how quick he is, um, you know, his reach, 82 inch reach is ridiculous. Um, he's got to get stronger, you know, get better. Um, Atkins, I think, you know, has, has his left tackle for, for three years. So, Huge get, you know, beating USC, beating Florida. Tennessee was probably second in, in that recruitment. So, you know, Florida State did a, did a heck of a job there. Yeah, Josh Storm's definitely going to do him some well because you already see how athletic he is at nearly six foot eight. He, he's a physical player. So, a couple years under Storms in that strength and conditioning program, get him, get him beefed up. And that's your left tackle of the future right there in Lucas Simmons. And I mean, there's a lot to like, not only as a player, but as a person, I think Florida State is getting a tremendous addition to the community. And just one quote on Atkins from his official visit, he said, Coach Atkins is a guy I really respect and trust. It's hard for me to trust people at all, especially college coaches, because I feel that it can be kind of fake at times, if you know what I mean. I feel with Atkins that I know exactly what I'm getting into. I can't say any bad things about Atkins at all. I just enjoy talking to him. And like I said, that relationship has been going for over a year. And whenever he came to campus, he spent a lot of time around the players because he wanted to know if they were getting that same feeling from Atkins that he was. And they said that there's no, there's not a recruiting Alex Atkins and an on-campus Alex Atkins. He's the same guy all the time. He's always real with you. And, you know, there's going to be some tough days, but this Florida State coaching staff is going to push you to be your best. And Simmons really rocked with that message. He also has a good relationship um, with Kearney. So those two are, are going to come into Florida State and try to help continue that overhaul of the offensive front that we've seen over the last couple of years. But, you know, one last comment, we'll move on. He definitely fits that new ace tackle. Not saying that he's Evan Neal, but you see the athleticism that Evan Neal, <clears throat> you know, put out there on his social media, his workouts, you know, just, you know, not 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 the old school, you know, six four, three fifty tackle. These guys are long leaning, they can move. So 
you know, Simmons has some of those traits that Evan Neal has where, you know, his footwork is just a difference. That's mm-hmm. nice to feel. You got Kearney, and like you said, Simmons, bell cows for that offensive line, man. They could out, they could go out there and do some more recruiting too. It could get better. It could get better, definitely, with them being able to show it with Coach Atkins. If they're able to keep Coach Atkins, that's going to be the real key now for Coach, for Coach Alford. But for AD Alford, he's got a big task on his hand. If for anything, if that's his biggest thing, it might be Coach Atkins and keeping him. I, I mean, here. you know, you, you look two years on the road real quick. You know, you had an offensive line of, you know. At center, you'll put Kearney, then you have Sat that could play center. You could put him at guard. You have Julian Armella who could play guard or tackle. You have Kearney that could play guard or center. Um, then you have your left tackle and, and, and Simmons. And then you got guys like Charlton and um, Early. You, you have a, a potentially very good to excellent offensive line, you know, if everything stays together and I can say that you, you got to really like what you see at that, at that position. You have a lot of versatility there. Yeah. I mean, even mind that, you know, Rodawer, yep. Bryson Estes, Lloyd Williams, there, there's yep. some guys in the cupboard that could develop into major pieces for Florida state mm-hmm. over the next couple of years. And we've seen that incremental progress from the offensive line. It's going to take another step this fall because there's been more depth added there, but the future it's only getting brighter, you know, cause you're bringing in more talent into that room and you can expect Florida state to continue to look at that graduate transfer market to see if there's any stop gap, stop gap options um, after the season to, you know, put in place while some of those guys develop, like we've already seen. But I mean, all mm-hmm. the signs are pointing to this unit making a major turnaround and, you know, three, four or five years ago, you were wondering what the hell happened to Florida State's offensive line. Now you're like, okay, this is starting to become one of the strengths of that offense. Yeah, that's a whole one, Eddie. I really liked, too, what I saw from Daughtry Richardson in camp, and that Mm -hmm. was a true freshman coming in, and I was really impressed from what I saw. You know, Still definitely very raw, but you do see the potential later on down the road. So, yeah, uh, Coach Atkins does it once again and lands top target. Uh, definitely the offensive line position with Lucas Simmons. He'll be coming to Florida State next year. Uh, let's jump into Florida State missing out here a tiny bit. Uh, this was expected today with Dalen Smothers, 2023 running back target. Uh, recently visited Florida State. Seemed like the visit went very well. We're hearing good things. And then seems like he's going to go join a room, a big room, in that running back room yeah. over there. And Norman... He wants to go compete, it looks like, but Dalen Smothers Smothers picks Oklahoma. He's going to go be joining, it's weird to say this now, Brent Venables over there uh, at Oklahoma. Thoughts on this one? Was it a whiff for FSU here, or it was just another college? Literally the better choice. I think it was slightly a whiff because, you know, a big reason he's ending up at Oklahoma, not only NIL, but due to that relationship, with DeMarco Murray. And I mean, it is a little telling to have such a talented running back, go ahead and choose to join a room. I believe Oklahoma um, has signed four top 200 running backs over the past two. I think Smothers would be the fourth over the last two classes, which is just a ton of talent to have in one room, um, let alone guys that are so close together in years. So he's definitely going to have to compete for a spot and, it says a lot that he was willing to go do that in Norman 
rather than coming maybe to a little bit of a, an easier route in Tallahassee? Um, my opinion is that it's just another sign of what I've been saying for five years that running backs in college want to save their tread for the pros for that second contract. Um, you don't necessarily have to be the, the guy in college football anymore. Um, but I think DeMarco Murray also is just a hell of a recruiter. He is. So, you know, kind of what we talked about with Parson, some of it falls on the coaching staff to get these guys to buy into what you're selling and competition and all that. So he did a great job there. Um, I, I don't think it's a, a whiff. It's just they got beat out. Um, I, I think the staff did a great job recruiting him. Um, you know, three visits that were all excellent visits per, per Smothers. Um, you know, things just didn't work out the way that Florida State wanted it to. So, you know, moving on to, um, you know, Singleton, who is very similar. Him, him and Smothers are very similar. Um, and I don't think you miss anything, you know, with either or. Forty State just got beat in that recruitment. So I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think Smothers is, is a caliber above, and also you know I, I disagree. I, I know you do, but going back to the last recruiting class, I'm talking right Florida. Now. Is it this Singleton? Is the, this is the second running back now that Oklahoma has beaten out Florida State for in the last two classes. You you add Smothers to Javante Barnes from the last cycle, mm-hmm. so back to back years. Florida State loses a highly touted running back to the Sooners. That's I don't tough think to Devontae see. Barnes was really realistic. He officially uh, last, visited. Last year. Yeah, that's great. But I don't think that he was re- really realistic. Um, okay. But, I, you know, we can we can debate Smothers versus Singleton at another time. But <laughs> um, um, out of the two, I, I would take Singleton. But I digress. Nah. Well, it, it overall does suck, though, that can't land a guy. It feels like since his pedigree with Norvell and what he's able to do with running backs, mm-hmm. you'd think that it'd be a really appealing site for these guys to go to and not go to a big old room up there in Norman. I understand that Oklahoma has also a great track record uh, mm-hmm. in that running back mm-hmm. room. But still, you know, Norvell has, has had success getting guys and sending them into the NFL. It's still still Hasn't a big time L Florida by State David yet. Johnson in Florida State. Eight it's a major thir- L. Eight and thir- eight and thirteen. You know. I mean, your walk on running back is a starter this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, I would- eight eight and thirteen uh, wears on you um, on on the recruiting trail. So, mm-hmm. um, you know whether it's right or wrong, that plays a role. So, you know you can go, you know, present what you've done at the running back position, regardless of what you have death wise. Um, yeah, I, I think that he's either going to be in the rotation in a year or two, or he's going to be in the portal. So we'll see. And you got to think too, with this offensive line, I know there's a couple comments on here talking about it. I do think with the offensive line improving and such, that will help in a lot of areas mm-hmm. with both quarterback and running back too. I mean, blocking, which continues to get better. You're going to attract more, but still, I mean, you got to be a recruiter, man. It's tough to lose out on these guys. And Florida State is going to have a really good run game this year, so it's going to be interesting to see what opens up mm-hmm. um, on that front. 
you know, what, what does that look like here in, you know, October, November, December? Yeah, we're, we're getting close now to training camp preview since Florida State starts week zero. Florida State will start their practice a bit earlier than other colleges across the country. So looks like between this might be one of our last, our second to last before we go dive into a training camp preview, which I'm very excited to talk about that running back room after what we saw in the spring. Thanks for Heisman. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, let's talk ACC media day. Then I want to point out a really, uh, really interesting hire that uh, Alfred made over the week that I think not a lot of people noticed and thought there were some pretty interesting things about, but Florida state and the ACC, they announce the three members that will be representing Florida state along with head coach Mike Norvell. No surprise here. Jordan Travis, you got Fabian Lovett and Jamie Robinson here. I was kind of maybe a little surprised about not really talent wise in the caliber of a starting guy, but Robert Cooper not being there, but I don't think he's really maybe not a big, well, when he's with us in media, he does really good interviews and I actually like listening to him, but maybe gave it to love it for him to go handle business up there. But either way, uh, I think no shocker here with these picks, but uh, good to see love it out there who I think is going to have a monster season for Florida state. Yeah. And like, like you said, Robert Cooper isn't going to make it. And one other name I'm surprised won't be in attendance is Austin Beasy. Oh man. I, I, I was about to ask Austin who's he more excited to interview. Well, I won't, I won't be there, unfortunately. Got some work stuff going on. If it was yeah. two days later, I'd be there. But Couldn't stop you know. selling shoes for a few hours to go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Pays the bills, you know. It does pay I the gotta, bills. I've seen. I had to go check out the site earlier this week, VZ, because I'm looking for some shoes. And they do pay the bills. I would see. I would see that. I do pay the bills. But, yeah, I got I – got, they got those guys representing Florida State. I don't think really any shock here. It was really weird not to see. Um, I'm trying to think. Give me the give me the long snapper long snapper names, please. <laughs> give me those. I don't know. Oh, great, awesome. Now someone's about to get real mad at me because I, I see my guy at Township all the time, and now I'm completely flushed. Don't even know his name. Forgetting no. the dang name, and I got on the tip of my tongue, so I'll make up for it. I'm not even looking at my phone, and I'll we'll figure it out by the end of this podcast. Well, what's the, the over under? I don't know. What's the you over said you under? had on the tip of your tongue. Isn't there a Rosenberry? Look right, at that. BZ knows out. more than Dilu on the snapper situation. I know both of their names. I'm just. I'm, it's funny watching you squirm. Oh God! I mean, it's James Rosenberry and Garrett. Well, no, no. Oh my God! Why'd you say it? I know there's an M somewhere. We talked to Garrett Murray's parents after the Florida game. <laughs> Can't even remember his name. Yeah, well, great, wonderful. What's the over under on um, SEC and conference expansion that these coaches are going to be asked? I think there's going to be a, late, a lot of great content, Nate. I think that's all mm-hmm. I know. So far, that's been the biggest. <laughs> hitter i mean right now ng's beating out tom brady pieces at bucks game day so the more acc sec big 10 talk i'm here for it but i think they're gonna have to there's gonna be a lot of questions i mean if i mm-hmm. if you're gonna be there austin we got to get the clicks so we'd be sending you with all the questions they'll probably they would never see you again so it'd be perfect you just lay out all the all the That's thing i questions. care about honestly i wasn't here last week to talk about it i, I can't wait get me out of this conference yeah, what's your take on it since you weren't here? We talked about the SEC and Big Ten, the report that we put out. 
and what we were hearing regarding that Florida State having some talks since last summer with both parties, Big Ten SEC. And it seems like now kind of things are turned up a notch for Florida State and maybe Clemson, North Carolina to start listening a little bit more. And now if the ACC does this partnership, whatever the heck they're trying to call it with the Pac-12, how that works and the grant of rights. Anyways, what are your thoughts? You tired of the ACC regarding, because this is big for basketball too. Yeah, I've been tired of it since, since I was with the team, with the basketball team in 2017. I just, I couldn't stand it. Um, Officiating has been terrible in in both basketball and football for the longest time between Ron Cherry and whoever else in football to God knows how many refs in, in basketball, Roger Ayers and, everybody else um I, I i really cannot wait to get out of this conference I, me personally i would like to be in the big 10 um i don't know why i think it's just you <laughs> i was know, about to ask you why i don't know why just growing up in the southeast i don't like the sec it's one of those um i also always wanted to go to games you know at michigan at ohio state at wherever um whereas the sec especially coming from a basketball standpoint yeah, I'd love to see a game at Rupp, you know, see Florida State play in that environment. But other than that, I could not care less, honestly. Um, SEC is coming up in basketball, but from a football standpoint, yeah, that's that's going to be the moneymaker. So, you know, I see both sides of it. I think I'd personally like to be in the Big Ten, even if it makes travel more difficult. But anything with the ACC, anything. Yeah, we, we went kind of dove deep into it, D-Lube and us. We're, we're talking about also the money and how much of a difference that is too with the trajectory of the next 10 15 years and how much of a lapping would be going on with the sec and big 10 compared to the other conferences down below it's just not even close florida state mm-hmm. gets hurt really badly with not making a lot of money yes florida state makes money but it's going to get to the point to where it's just you can't even compete in a lot of different ways and not only football program, but it helps the programs outside that basketball Florida state has fantastic realm of women's sports. Um, So being able to have that, uh, not just extra, you would have a a lot, a lot of extra money to help fund those and different things. There a facility that can be upgraded, et cetera, et cetera. So. And we've talked in the past that we've talked in the past, how bad we've down or how down bad we've been in money, you know, this is like a $20, $30 million difference going to one of these other two leagues instead of staying with the AC. It, 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 okay. It, <laughs> it'd be huge. <laughs> it, it'd be huge, honestly. I know I know Alford's going to do anything possible to get us in one of those two leagues as soon as possible. All I know is uh, next week, it is next week, right? Or whenever the ACC media day yeah, is. Like, I can't remember the date, Logan, but – yep. The, the ACC commissioner is going to be squirming like you were when you were trying to remember the long snapper names. Garrett Every Murray. Every time he gets a question. Garrett Murray, Garrett Murray. Yeah, no, he's going to be he's going to be getting hit hard, and I'm going to love every person that asks good questions because we'll be running some pieces on it because they've been, they've been blowing up. How about how you like this patch right here? BZ, you like that SEC patch right there? It's okay. prefer a Big Ten patch. Like the Big Ten? Yeah, we need to see the – we need to have K-Camp make a – need a comparison. Patch. Yeah, give me yeah. give me a Big Ten rendering so I can you know see it in my head. Yeah, and when oh, it comes like that the way, SEC money. <laughs> yeah, I was about to yeah, say just put with, money symbols right. Big here. Ten money is not that much different, 
And Eight, eighteen million dollars—that's a lot. It, it could you also get games in LA. You get games at UCLA potentially, games at USC potentially. I like to see those. They does. I don't. Not I don't want to tra- California. I don't want to travel to Starkville, Mississippi. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, always, okay. No one's going to Wake Forest games either. I, I've always they have to. I've always I'm wanted to go see games at USC. Yeah, you know, that's a bucket list trip. I, I'd love to go out there. You know, UCLA was my second favorite school for a long time. Yeah. So, but I'd rather be in the SEC. And, my second favorite school for a long time was Washington, and they're in the talks to get Big Ten too. So you know, just it, it, it all would in. be Come Washington, on. man. That makes no sense. I, I, it's 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 more with the purple, really. The purple like and gold the purple. Mm-hmm. look good. Yeah, you always do wear purple shoes and stuff. I'll see it on IG. You do have the some Vikings different fan. colorful. Nah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Don't hate on purple, man. That's I'm not hating on any purple. Color, man. Good color. A purple color. tie, man. You, you show your you show your true colors. That's for sure. A purple suit be nice. <laughs> okay, now we're going crazy. <laughs> now we're going crazy. <laughs> I, I, I might have to wear a purple suit to New Orleans. Hey, you know what SI Ooh, needs to do? Go. They need to get us to the red carpet one week. We'd have the best content. You send all four of us there, man. We'd have some good interviews. That will never happen though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll outshoot everyone there. I can guarantee that. I well, I don't know. <laughs> the SI red carpet. I don't know yes. about that. Yes. Uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wear ballers on the red carpet. Yeah, I was about to say, or gray shirt. No, yeah. probably not gonna happen. No. I need a wardrobe change. I saw him at the gym today, VZ. Gray shirt, gray shirt. shorts. This no. is a this is a blue though. It's a dark blue. We can't. There's yeah, there's no telling. It's no it's still in your ever. it's still in your same color palette. Yep. Dark and depressing, so, yeah. Dark and depressing. It's been a tough week, guys. What else is leading on? Jesus. Goodness gracious. Let's play the violin for him. Uh, but speaking of Alfred here, I wanted to mention one of the hires this week that I thought was pretty significant while we're talking about conference realignment and making moves here. Florida State makes a, a pretty big hire from, from Michael Alfred. Now with Janine Lalick. I'm hoping I'm right on that. She's now that's, the deputy. That's how to pronounce it in the article. If you want to read a little further. Janine Lalick is now the deputy athletics director for external operations. This means that she will oversee all external operations for athletics, including marketing and promotions, multimedia rights. Interesting there. Public relations, seminal productions, ticket operations, social media, and video services. Um, She also will manage external partnerships with athletics department and have sport oversight responsibilities. Um, The biggest thing there too. AKA get out of the, uh, get out of the (laughs) grinning rights. (laughs) Yeah. Multimedia rights. So she'll be taking care of a lot of that. She's had some time. IMG. She worked also with fanatics too, which has been a complete um, major success for sports uh, branding and apparel, everything did a whole lot too uh, with Ticketmaster also. So she's got a whole variety of a background here, but I think the most significant one here is that she's going to be doing a lot of hands-on stuff with working these relationships with multimedia relations, which you can kind of start seeing what Alfred is doing here a tiny bit, building a team around him. And you can see that there's been a need for change here in Florida State and the admin and making some moves in this regard because Florida State has kind of put themselves in the last about close to 10 years now in a pretty tough spot to where, you know, 
the brand is still there, but just doesn't seem like things are clicking in some other departments. And these hires that you're seeing Alfred make, I think is going to only help bring in some more opportunities for some money, 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 and possibly get yourself out of a agreement that's going all the way till 2036. <laughs> I kind of disagree a little bit on the, on the value, you know, that chart that Alfred, you know, tweeted out, you know, Florida State football program being down is still what 15th in terms of overall value. Um, I, I think that, you know, there's money there, but not, not what needs to be had in order to compete with the top level. Yeah, and actually Sports Illustrated released an article today um, with their valuations of every FBS program in the country, and Florida State came in on the list 19 out of um, 69. So, I mean, not too bad. You're still in the upper tier of the country, but clearly – and that wasn't for just win- for not winning. That that wasn't just football. That was all sports, academics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think TV viewership. It was a bunch of things tied into one. And Florida State ranked in the upper tiers. But you definitely want to be higher than that. Mm-hmm. I want to mention just real quick the quote here from Alfred, which was really interesting too. Janine, uh, this is from Alfred saying Janine is a prominent industry leader with extensive experience in media negotiations and the identification of revenue streams. So seems like Alfred got his lady to take care of all the kind of serious negotiations which go through all the revenue. And, you know, you got the media, you've got all of these companies that need to be all figured out. Seems like he's got his lady and a couple people around to start making some negotiations Seems like it's just kind of put right in front of our face of what Alfred's planning on doing. Um, so pretty interesting hire by Florida State's athletic director. Plus, you got your craft beer, your first craft beer sponsorship, the official craft beer of the Seminoles, Oyster City Brewing. So they make really good beer. That's good. By the a way, a couple, a couple cool announcements this week. Mm-hmm. Yep, a lot of a lot oh, of good stuff happening. right there in the chat. Wow. wow. It's like almost like you saw it almost. Beat me by know. two minutes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's great Good stuff. Job to that guy. A great job to that guy. Yeah. But I mean, got to like what Opera's done so far. You know, since he got hired, I know some people weren't really, and I think it's 50 50 on, on him taking that position, but what he's done so far has been pretty awesome. Yep. And I think we're going to see more of that. I think we'll see little tidbits of it this upcoming mm-hmm. season. We'll probably notice a few different things, but then heading into 2023, I think things might be looking a little bit different. Uh, let's talk to about some former Seminoles, at least on the football team that are going to be inducted into Florida state athletics hall of fame. We know this one very well. Snoop menace will be inducted into the Florida State Athletics Hall of Fame. And then E.G. Green also is going to be inducted. Nate, this is around your time back in are the you day. Not, are you not going to read off the other people? I mean, there's, there's I mean Brooks Kapka. Brooks Kapka. I mean, that too. Brooks Kapka. And you got to talk, you got to talk about Tim Pickett. There was yeah, 10, yeah, yeah. There was 10 people. We're just going to be like, well, all right. I didn't know. I'll go through all of them then. We'll start from top to bottom, everybody. It's disrespectful. Whips. I've, I'm practicing Jeff Colain, 
who we also need to go on the podcast soon. I'm coming for your job. I'm about to list this out. If I screw up once and I'll never get hired on Florida States radio. Number one, Gene Wes Abon from 2000-2010 tennis. Congratulations to her. Amanda DaCosta, soccer 2007 to 2010. Emma Dutton, swimming and diving. Shout out to the swimming and diving team 2001 to 2004. E.G. Green, like we just said, football. Brooks Kepka, a legend now in PGA and live now, I guess, the live tournament tour, whatever. Uh, 2009, 2012 over there in the golf scene. And they got Snoop Menace from 1997 to 2000. You got Tim Pickett, like VZ was just mentioning there, basketball legend, 2003, 2004. Tony Presley. Oh, my God. I'm just oh, fired. Yeah, didn't get it. Didn't get the job. <laughs> Didn't get the job on the seventh person there. But Tony Presley, phenomenal player in soccer from 2008 to 2011. James Ramsey, I do know this one very well. 2009, 2012 from the baseball diamond. Oh, God, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not getting this job. Not getting the job. Jeff, you got it from me for a couple of years. Uh, Jaketrina, Jaketrina, Strepanova. Love that name. Volleyball, Close. 2010, 2011, kind of. And then Lawton and Beth Langford, they are the winners of the Moore Stone Award 2022. So there's the lineup there. Shout out to Dustin for wanting us to get the whole lineup there. Thank you for that. It's a, there's some big names in there. Not just there is. It's the yeah. dude, it's the Florida State Athletics Hall of Fame. Those those people have earned the right for you to read their damn name out on your stupid podcast. You're the one on the stupid podcast every week. John Persesley. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great job. Okay, yeah, yeah. You want me to give that one to you? I'm going to have you do it, Nate. Oh, as far as EJ Green, yeah. He, he, you know, when he left, he was a record setter just about every category at Florida State. So, um, hell, hell of a player. Yeah. Same thing with Snoop Menace, man. Snoop! Just so if he would have not missed that game, that title game, man. But Man. whatever. Tim Pickett couldn't tell you one thing about him. Never heard of him. Oh my God. I called him for, a legend. For him to get there in the hall to in the FC Hall of Fame in two seasons tells you pretty much all you need to know. Dude was one of the very best of early Leonard Hamilton basketball at Florida State. Nah, I heard of Tim Pickett. I'm joking with you. I definitely know who Tim Pickett is, but we just don't have a lot of time tonight. Left, I don't think we're really cut, cutting it close. But you shout you out to break those. down his career, Austin. You know, how did he fit? You know what was, <laughs> what was his efficiency? How much shooter? time did he get on the court every game? And, uh, High energy guard, elite shooter. I think he shot eight threes per game his final season at FSU. Dynamic offensive player. Just wasn't he like a upper forty percent three point shooter? I won't say uppers. Um, I think high thirties. Check. I, re- I remember oh. watching him. You know, he was a great shooter. That's all I remember him. You know, what we didn't touch on was Desmond Ricks. Really, we didn't talk about that last week no. on the pod and that whole situation. That dramatic 40, experience. Forty point seven percent his final season. It's oh, good. Good to know. Good to know. Now I can sleep tonight. Now I can. Thank God. Uh, we didn't talk about Desmond Ricks any. We didn't talk about Desmond Ricks. What a what a roller coaster ride that was, man. What is what is going on there? He puts out a post. I guess Hayes Fossett. Shout out to him once again. Really 
getting his name out there, getting the brand out, but puts out a <laughs> quote from Desmond Ricks and says that Florida State, I don't know what happened to Florida State. They haven't been in touch with me. He puts out a top 10 with Hayes Fawcett. Shout out to him again. He's doing a great job. Puts out the top 10 and Florida State's not on there. It seems like some random names of schools in there just to kind of add on to the dramaticness of not having Florida State in there. Thoughts on Desmond Ricks? Well, Nate is just hitting something. It's probably great for the people in the car that are listening. <laughs> they probably think their friggin' cars fall off the interstate. Yeah, thoughts on of, the Desmond Ricks situation. A lot has changed um, since April. By all accounts, you know, we were informed by multiple people that Desmond Ricks was set to commit to Florida State on April eighth, a day before FSU spring game. For one reason or another, that did not follow through, and then the following day during interviews he stated that he wouldn't be making a commitment for the next year but at the time he also said that Florida State was this was the team to beat um, in his recruitment the next week he took a visit to Alabama and said Alabama was number one in his recruitment and you know haven't heard much on it the last couple months and now you get into July this week and uh, he makes that quote which you know to me it seems a little strange that Florida State went from number one to not even in the top 10. And you look at some of those other programs in there, Florida and Miami made it, Jackson State made it. It just kind of seemed like a kind of like a shot at Florida State and to, to go as far as making a graphic and putting all that stuff out and making a big, big stink about it. I mean, come on, you're telling me Florida State's not talking to the number one defensive back, the number two prospect, the five star prospect in the class of twenty four. I, I said this talked good about talked really highly of putting you at the top. You think that would just disappear? And then the quote doesn't make sense because the timeline of hasn't talked to me in months. It's only July, so they would have had to stop talking at the end of April, as he just recently told them that they're at the top of the list. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't really buy it. It it really seems like someone got in his ear and it was a targeted shot at Florida state. And, you know, a lot of things can change with the class of 24 recruit. We'll just have to see how it plays out from here. But that relationship definitely, it, it, it took a shot at it the other day. There's, there's just a no one situation for the staff. Like yeah, you can't even, respond to it. Yeah. You can't respond to it. All you have, all you can do is take it on the chin and go recruit someone else. But it's like, damn, come on, man. I'm sure the staff saw that and they're like, come on, like, what are we doing here? A couple of us too contacted our sources and said that Florida state, that was, that was false information. Florida state has indeed been in contact with Desmond or at least has have contacted on their side, but they completely were a little shocked by that statement to say the least. Did you uh, just record that Logan? Um, Austin talking about a high school recruit. I, I, I was about to say that felt a little strange. Mm-hmm. I need to see if the stars all, all, are, all, the stars aligning. All I know is coach Hamilton would never. That's all I know. Uh, no, I saw your little tweet out there too, saying Leonard Hamilton uh, would never, never stop uh, contacting. And talking I, I think there's some uh, shenanigans behind, behind the whole thing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm calling shenanigans on that. Um, that seemed like a um, convoluted, bullshit list and announcement um, puts FSU, like you said, in, in a bad spot because they can't address it. Um, so they just got to take it and move on. Um, FSU fans, they got to use some common sense. Come on, yeah, for real. 
And another comment I just remembered from Ricks during that visit in April, talking about uh, defensive backs coach Marcus Woodson, who you know I've seen take some flack in the wake of that comment being released from Desmond Ricks. Um, he said that Coach Woodson has been recruiting him since he was in eighth grade and that they have a relationship that is like family rather than just a player and a coach. So it seems very odd that a three-year relationship would suddenly be twisted within, you know, two and a half months. That means Woodson has been after this kid since while well, since he was at Auburn before he even came to Florida State. So he's recruited him at two colleges for a long time, and I, and I don't think it would suddenly just drop off like that in April, at least from Florida State's end. Mm, no, that doesn't really make sense. And then you see the comments of some other recruits across the country saying that. Not everybody's going to be contacted by Florida State. I, I hated seeing that all over Instagram. Everybody's screenshotting us in the Discord and on Twitter like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? They're also not talking to this guy. Dog, let's start having some common sense here. They're not contacting every damn player across, across the effing country. I'm trying, I'm trying to get a sponsor before the season, so I'm trying to chill out on the cussing. But let, let's get a brain here and stay off the weed like my guy Stephen A. Smith says. Let, let's, let's chill out for a second and have some real thoughts because – Lord, that, that was that was irritating. As as y'all said, it puts Florida State in a really bad spot, and they can't do nothing about it. Can't do nothing about it. Just got to take it on the chin and move on. But yeah, really weird situation. Didn't make any sense at all. Uh, speaking of recruiting, real quick to note, Florida State is planning on having a recruiting event on July thirtieth to end off the month and get things prepped for the upcoming season and try to get some guys in town. Have you heard of any names, both of y'all, of guys planning on attending in Tallahassee for that? Yeah, working on building that list uh, for, say, trying to get some top targets as well as commitments back to campus one more time before the fall. I saw someone in the comments earlier mention Jabril Rawls. He's one of the players that's planning to make it. Um, I, I've been informed that Hakeem Williams is probably going to make it. I traded a couple messages with K.J. Sampson the other day, and he told me earlier in the month he was not going to make it. Now the plan as of today, well, as of yesterday or so, is for him to make it to that event. But we're just going to have to see because his football season is coming up pretty early in August. So it's just going to depend on, on some scheduling things. But as of now, he's planning to be there. So there's going to be some talented attendance, and we're working on filling out that list. Uh-oh. I don't know why it's – can't hear your name. There you go. Now I got it. I, I think the one that would the, – the name I'm watching is uh, Blake Nicholson. If he, if he does come like he mentioned, um, you know, that would bode well for FSU. But I really haven't started reaching out yet. Um, I, I will hear, but you know, it seems like they're trying to make this a big a kickoff to, to, to fall camp and, and you know, right as the uh, dead period ends. Yeah, that's the one's that's gonna be tough to fight against Dan Lanning over there, don't you think? Or yeah, uh, it's it, it'll be tough. Um, Never know. You know. But you know, his family's open to anywhere he wants to go. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, he's been at Oregon like seven times, so yeah, we'll see. It'll be it'll be hopefully maybe a tight, close recruitment there for the linebacker from the West Coast. Uh, let's jump into some basketball to finish up. I noted on here because I've just been seeing it all over my timeline with Cabin Gelly over there with the summer league on the Celtics. 
team absolutely balling right now, which I'm really excited for. Still got to get him on the pod. You know, he's probably busy right now for a really good reason. But Kevin Gelly, absolutely balling. I don't know. I don't have the stats pulled up or anything, but it feels like well, the last couple of weeks. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was thinking the last couple of weeks, Kevin Gelly has been in his bag, and I'm sure D Lou's happy up there, as you can see, his little his little pennant. Little pennant up there. We love Kevin Gelly. Yeah, well, that was a great podcast. Thought, thought, he did a great job. Gonna, <laughs> he did. I was going to say something about the Celtics. He did. Well, I mean, He's I'm excited. Doing- I'm obviously excited about it because he was a player that I was hoping the Celtics would draft back in 2019. And, you know, ever since we've started this podcast, there's been a couple guys that come through Malik Beasley, Dwayne Bacon. I don't think they didn't have a pick high enough to get Isaac or Patrick Williams or Scotty, but. You know, you Terrence, they're Terrence Mann. I didn't want Scotty, but so <laughs> Florida State or the Celtics haven't drafted an FSU player since I've been a fan. So I was hoping they would take one of those guys, even even if it was Scotty, I would have I would have settled for it. But now to have Cabin Jelly in the summer Jelly. league balling out like this <laughs> with some roster spots available, <clears throat> and I think he still has a year of two way eligibility left, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, and the Celtics have a two way contract. Very realistic chance that he's going to make the team as a backup big because they need to continue adding some depth behind Robert Williams and Al Horford. They need they need a third, fourth big in that mix to help in, in the because Al Horford is going to need some rest. He's an older guy. Rob Williams, you don't really know if that injury history is not going to be able to play all eighty two. So they need a stopgap big and. Um, Fee really fills that as a lob threat, and he can also play defense as well not really as versatile maybe as some of the other guys on the Celtics, but he fits the mold, mold as a big that they could utilize in their system. You can't yeah, – can, yeah, go ahead. Today was the first day Kevin Gilly didn't have the greatest of games, you know, but he still, he still saw it, seven points, seven rebounds, three blocks. You know, it's fine. Um, but up until today, you know, his first game, 14 points, six rebounds. His second game, 15 points, 11 rebounds, four assists. Then two days ago, 20 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, two blocks, and a steal. He's been absolutely killing it so far in Vegas. Um, Can't say the same for everyone else in Vegas for Florida State. Um, Polite hasn't played. He's just signed a a deal with the team in France, so I'm not that surprised. Honestly, Malik Osborne's been getting minutes here and there, but his, his first game was really the only one he got that much opportunity. MJ Walker hasn't done much. Um, Raekwon Gray's been all right. You know, he started every game so far for the Nets. Um, Balja Kovacic has played a total of like 12 minutes with, with the Pistons. Tough, tough, John, tough. And then John Butler, just the mystery continues at this point. He's played, I think, a total of 15, 16 minutes with the Pelicans so far. Um, been talking to some people today. i don't think he signed with a new agency yet. I know last time I was on here, I talked that he left Rock Nation. I don't think he signed with a new agent yet. Um, just a really strange situation. I feel bad for the kid, but, you know, it is what it is at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, he hasn't signed with an agent yet. What agent is trying to sign him? So Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. Yep, you lose. I mean, He'll be joining Polite soon. Wow. Where's Polite at? France. Yeah, yeah he's signed with ASVEL, I think it was, in France. 
How much does that pay usually? Do you know what, what are the kind of contracts not, look like? It's not terrible. You're not poor or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's probably oh, in the six figures. Yeah, you're mm. it's not. It's not NBA money, but it's enough to live comfortably. Probably, for sure. probably high. Probably high five figures, if I had to guess. High as five. Okay. Hmm. Depends where you're. Depends where you're at in Europe yeah. or overseas. I bet. Shoof. I'll take lower if I'm in a really pretty spot. Makes me happy looking at pretty scenic areas. Anyways, well, that's the fascination there from the over the seas leagues. Uh, if anybody still wants us to talk about that, we'll start off our own separate podcast. But we're gonna end that. Don't tell there's, me. A, there's a lot of FSU guys playing in the over the seas leagues. That's what I'm saying. I keep following them too. I keep up with them. I don't know what in the hell and whatever team they're playing for, but I follow them. I just see the weird jerseys and all the sponsors on like every bit of them on their jerseys. But Dwayne Bacon's Ooh. over in Italy or something. He's killing it over there. Just mm-hmm. smoking people. Hey. All I'll say is if Dominic Lenichuk can have a have a pro career, almost anybody can for mm-hmm. Florida State. Uh Matthew no, Thomas no up this, but you know. Yeah. Matthew Thomas balling too in the Canada League. I don't know if you guys seen that too, but it seems like he's having a good season right now for them. It's a name I haven't heard in six years. I know, right? Oof. You had we an got interesting... offered for him to come on this podcast. Yeah, we should get him on now. Nate, you had an interesting tweet earlier this week regarding Matthew Thomas, which I think would be even better of an episode. What? Replying to someone I'm now? Yeah. About, so... about being underdeveloped at Florida State? Yeah. About Matthew Thomas. I mean, I don't think that was really his. I don't think that was the coach's fault. No. I kind of agree with you on that part. No. I'm not going to put his business out there, but when a player is assigned someone to get him to class or make sure he eats and sleeps and wipes his ass and changes his underwear, that's not on the coaches. I'm not going to put his business out there, but roast him instantly. (laughs) (laughs) That he doesn't wipe his butt in the toilet. Well, looking forward to getting him on here next week on Hear the Sphere. We've got Matthew Thomas. (laughs) And he's watching right now. Great. Uh, well, no, maybe there's some CFL games on Thursday nights up there. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. I'm just saying. Keeping it real, man. I like it. Right, we got to keep it real. I think there's a lot of too much of just some acting fake and all giddy giddy on uh, some places. Nice to keep it real for sometimes. Um, this might be our last little relax, relax podcast before we preview training camp. Still don't have it officially from Florida state, but expecting to be around July 27th, which would put us now less than two weeks away from camp. So just depending on official word and such this time next week, we could be previewing a full on fall camp for Florida state and begin the 2022 season run under Michael. It's here. here. Feels good. I'll tell you, it feels good. It is a long and busy part of the year for all of us, but, um, do miss it. Do miss a little bit. Do miss some practices. Do miss having some actual things to see in person. Then also come on here and talk with you guys about um, it'll be good. A little bit better than talking about college football realignment every week now and decommitments and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that wraps it up. Chris Parson decommits. Lucas Simmons commits. That seems like to be the highlight there. We'll keep an eye out on any kind of conference stuff. You guys can follow us on 
si.com and we're at nogameday.com with <clears throat> sports illustrated i think that's practically it i don't think we have a guest lined up for next week we don't know that yeah you never know one might pop up but we'll be seeing you guys next thursday night uh, we do we want one more chris parson tidbit before we get off uh might as well i mean why not i don't think i mean everybody wants it right? forgot to say it earlier but i was told that he did not inform the other commitments in the group chat uh that he was decommitting earlier this week it kind of came as a surprise to the other guys in that chat and obviously Parson has been a big part and at least some of those guys committing to Florida State you know it's important not only to have a relationship with coaches but also you've got this four-star quarterback in your ear also recruiting you so to have him leave like that kind of sucks and I did have one FSU commit tell me I believe he was truly locked in guys just don't like competition nowadays I guess and I think I think that about sums mm-hmm. it up for everyone because we saw those offers go out. Um, we saw the heel turn from Parson, who grew up a Florida State fan, and you know he said it in his interview this, this was <clears throat> one of his visits earlier this offseason. It was like his twelfth or thirteenth visit to Florida State in his life, and you know all this stuff. And when when the fire hits the pan, you know what happens. Tough, 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 tough. Yeah, I wouldn't know. I haven't heard from him, so. Yeah, no, I did I see. A few... I don't think I will be. <laughs> I don't think so either. I uh, saw a few other recruits too, because I was kind of wondering. I did see a few recruits posted some stuff after the decommitment from Chris Parson, and kind of wonder, well, that could go two different ways. But now I think I know the way that some of the fellow twenty twenty three ones at the time uh, were, were uh, posting on social media. Maybe not a great way to go out there and kind of ghost everybody and not let them know the decision after you kind of created the group chat and everything. Not not a, not a great look. So we'll see. We'll see if Florida State finds some better news maybe over the weekend, maybe over the weekend or early, early next week. We'll keep an eye out in that quarterback room. So we'll see. As always, you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. On Spotify, subscribe. So then, every time you get notified when we release a new episode, we'll be back. We'll be back next week, maybe previewing some fall camp for Florida State. Excited, we're here, and yeah, we'll see you guys next week on Hear the Spirit, presented by NoelGamey.com. Peace. <laughs>